All right, y'all, it's time to attend the tale of drama with Connor and Dylan McDowell featuring Nicholas Christopher, who is our, believe it or not, first guest we've had on the Sweeney Todd revival in this last year. So this is huge for us. He's currently playing Sweeney, and you're going to love him. You're going to love our chat. Please follow us everywhere. Subscribe. Tell your friends about us. And go to patreon.com slash the drama podcast, where for $5 a month, you become a patron of the pod and you get access to exclusive bonus content. So support us and thank you again. All right, on to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take skin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got numb? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Dylan, there is one thing on my mind. I've been eating, sleeping, breathing, pontificating. It is the reality competition show, The Traders. I know. And I've talked about it on the <laughs> on this show. Well, of course, like we a watched, year ago. A year ago like, when it came yeah, out. Right before mm-hmm. we went to London, which by the way was today, a year ago we flew there. But full body chills. Later what okay, the way it changed everything. Then <laughs> watch the UK Traders later, which mm-hmm. liked even more. But this season two of Peacock's US version, all the reality stars together. You got The Challenge, Survivor, Big Brother, Housewives. Drag Race. Drag Race. Oh my God. It is the moment. It's so fun and so good. Oh my God. They cracked the code with how it works. Because last year it was half civilians, half reality stars. But this time it's all reality stars. They all know how to play. It's it's fun. And of course, nothing's going the way I wanted it to. All my faves are getting you know, sent home. No spoiler. We're, we're a spoiler-free podcast always. And what's fun about it too, about having reality stars on it is this is just something kind of extra fun that they're doing. So they don't take it way too seriously. Like on the UK, it was it was life or death in some ways. Well, the money can really change your life. Yeah, I know. I want to go on it, but I would do so Although some bad. of these reality stars probably do need a check too. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. I mean, they, they haven't worked in years. They're, they were famous for winning a Big Brother 20 years ago. They probably tore their way through that $100,000, whatever the prize I know. is. And how much I think is it's it? half a million on Big Brother. Is it? I don't know. I think it is. I haven't watched that in forever. But they also cracked the code with their release schedule because last year they dumped the whole season at once. This year they did three episodes to get us hooked, buzzing on social media. Everyone is talking about it. And then now they're doing weekly releases Thursdays at nine, which makes it appointment television viewing on a streamer. I mean, they really, they've got me. You've had this theory that we're, we're, the pendulum is swinging back and like, binge watching things like that is sort of going to be going away i think so. i mean soon we're all like i said in last week or I mean, it'll be a couple weeks ago when the episode came out but i think we're going to be switching back to premium cable packages soon streamers are going to all be combined into one it's going to be i think everything's going to go back to the way it used to be commercials so. will be watched again anyways <laughs> well they're unavoidable in some formats but anyway Dylan, can't recommend that show enough it's a dose of drama for the start but who do you want to win that's my my one thing i'll say is who do you want to win okay it's weird because it's one of those situations where you're sort of rooting for the bad guys the traders mm-hmm. because they're the ones that have to play at every angle really smartly so i am rooting for Phaedra from Housewives. Okay. Also, Parvati has me. I like want to go watch Survivor now. Because I'm, I'm rooting for Parvati. There's something so about the way that her facial expressions. I know. She kind of always looks like she's like thinking like really long and hard about something. Yes, which is a perfect like poker face kind of thing uh-huh. for this. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, who do you want to win? Parvati? I think Parvati. Yeah. If the, tra <laughs> if the traders win, I'll be pleased. But we've seen traders win in previous seasons. And it is more gratifying sometimes, I think, when we've the also... faithfuls all figure it out. Right. But, you know, we'll that, see. That's good, too. Anyway, Dylan, so excited about today's guest, who's also yeah. the moment. Literally, He's on a roll, pun intended. I'm obsessed. Can you read the bio? Everyone's obsessed, by the way. Like, that's the thing is like when we have these, when we always say, people are always like, have so-and-so on, have so-and-so on. The number of people that told us we need to have him on. And it's working out perfectly because he's kind of having a moment right now oh. in this like in-between period. Okay, I'll, we'll talk yeah, all about it. I know, I have things to say. The people already know who it is. It's always so funny. Like we always like are so vague until we read their name. But if anyone reads the episode description, they know who the guest is. Anyways, our guest today is a history-making Broadway star slaying nightly as Pirelli and Sweeney Todd while also covering the titular Barber role. This makes him the first black actor to star as Sweeney Todd on Broadway. For over a decade, this versatile performer has been a staple of the New York theater community by appearing in musicals, plays, and Shakespearean roles consistently. He made his mark as Aaron Burr in Hamilton in Los Angeles and as George Washington in The Broadway Company. He's also performed on Broadway in Miss Saigon and Motown the Musical, and he toured in that as well, as well as off-Broadway in Lazarus with David Bowie, Shakespeare in the Park, Hurt Village, and Rent as Tom Collins. He made his professional debut starring alongside Lin-Manuel Miranda as Benny in In the Heights in Puerto Rico. You might recognize our guest from his television roles in Little Voice, All Rise, and United States of AI on CBS, and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. In addition to starring in Sweeney Todd, you will be able to see him lead Jelly's Last Jam at New York City Center Encores this February 21st through March 3rd. Please welcome to drama, Nicholas, Nicholas Christopher. Christopher. It's funny hearing all that being read. That's that's really funny. <laughs> I saw you smirking a little bit, maybe recollecting some memories <laughs> and good times. Well, what's crazy about that is that I made my Broadway debut at the Lent Fontaine Theater in Motown the Musical, exactly 10 years from the opening of Sweeney Todd. Oh, that's wow. so cool. Yeah. My brother, who's also in the show, he made his Broadway debut with Sweeney Todd on the same stage I made my Broadway debut. It's just, it was a lot of uh, synchronicities yeah. happening right now. Wow. That's really cool. I love that you and your brother are in a Broadway show together. And Connor and I are obsessed with brother dynamics and like working with your brother. What has that been like? I'm sorry to jump right into that, but I'm just curious. No, let's get into it. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Jonathan, who's my brother, he's the reason why I ended up even auditioning for Sweeney because he had booked his track before I did. And, and he was saying that, you know, he's like, we wouldn't it be great to do a show together? He's like, you know, the creative team, like they're looking for a Pirelli. And I think they're looking for a Sweeney Todd standby. Like you should audition for one of those. And then I auditioned for Pirelli per his suggestion. And then they were like, what do you think about being the Sweeney Todd standby as well? It's like, heck yeah. I thought I would, I didn't think I would get to play Sweeney Todd for another 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like a young, sexy Sweeney, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which kind of makes sense for the timeline. I mean, in the 1800s, people weren't living that long. Yeah. So. They were dying from like the plague and stuff like that. So I also yeah. love in this Sweeney that the the two barbers both have beautiful beards throughout. You know, it's like you can tell what you're gonna get when you see these amazing stylists. It's your walking business card. You can't be out here looking exactly terrible. Exactly. <laughs> you know? At the end of the day, Sweeney Todd is about small business owners trying to make a living. I mean, and going up against like local politicians. If we're really to boil it down to that, you know. Also about, you, sure? you know, the prison system and 
post-incarceration uh oh God, wow, wow. Kind of really like me. <laughs> no absolutely i say this and i said this before i was even part of the production i said sweeney todd is the blackest character ever written for me <laughs> <laughs> i mean where else can uh you know the injustice in the justice system come down like this the uh classism and he's a barber Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god wait that's actually so funny so you're the first black actor to play sweeney on broadway on, on broadway but norm lewis did it off broadway. off broadway yes so was he the first do we know um no brian stokes mitchell also did it at the kennedy center Wow. This bootleg's on YouTube. You gotta watch. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's Brian Stokes Mitchell. So we, we've jumped into Sweeney immediately, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're having a good time. And I want to talk about this current period of Sweeney. But before we really, really get into all of it, we do like to check in with our guests and just kind of see where they're at. Are you well, Nicholas? Well, I think, you know, this past year was so many challenges just around every corner. As soon as me and my wife were like, okay, we just got to get to this point and things will get easier. We turned that corner and there was another challenge coming at us. But we feel so accomplished at the same time because we were able to overcome all those challenges, bruised and beaten, but feeling really, really secure in ourselves and we learned a lot. So although times have been kind of hard, we've had such blessings come to us too, but um, not without work. So mm -hmm. it, it really feel proud of the, the, the past year that we've had and proud of the year ahead with all the uh, tools and lessons that we gained last year. Wow. That's really cool. Cause I, I know you relocated to come for Sweeney, right? So I'm sure that the whole moving hurdle, I know you're a dad <laughs> moving your family. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it was wild because I was cast mid-December and we started rehearsals mid-January. Right. So we had about three weeks to try to move, to try to find a place to live. Mm. To I mean, my, we had we had a, a like one and a half year old at home. My wife was expecting our second. Like there were so many things <laughs> going on all at once. Hence these challenges. Yeah. And then we didn't end up. We were end up staying with friends until the Thursday before we opened in March. <laughs> oh my god! We finally found a place and signed a lease. Wow. So from January through the end of March, we were really just kind of um, wanderers. Same place the whole time? Were you like couch? No, we were going, I was renting a car, driving the girls up to my mom's in Boston when uh, the rehearsal schedule would get really heavy, then going to pick them up because I missed them at the end of the week. And it was, so it was a lot of shuffling was going on because the place where we were staying wasn't exactly like kid friendly. And so we wanted to keep them safe, but we also wanted to stay together. And so that was part of the juggling going on. Wow. When was your second daughter born? Uh, she was born uh, September 24th. Oh, amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. she's little. Yeah, she's itty bitty <laughs> and uh, just so squishy. And <laughs> the, the personality differences between the two are really cool. So my first, my oldest daughter, Nyla, just kind of came out the womb like she's a performer. Yes. And uh, she's like, I'm ready world and here I am. And, <laughs> and then Journey's a little bit more observant. Who's the journey's my second daughter, the three month old. But she will let you have it if <laughs> if you do not give her what she wants in the time that she wants it. Both divas yeah. in different ways. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I'm just here to serve. I love both names, I have to say, but I love Journey. I think of Journey Smollett, the actress. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um Jennifer and I, we knew 
Well, my name starts with an N. So that's where we kind of just we're like, how do we narrow names down? Okay, my name starts with an N. Let's look at N names. And then we saw Nyla. Oh, we didn't see Nyla, but we saw this uh, flower called uh, the Blue Lily of the Nile. And so we took the E off Nile and put a A there. So N-I-L-A. So our name is Nyla Blue Christopher. Oh, beautiful. Oh, she's going to be a star with that <laughs> oh, name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Journey, Jennifer's name starts with J. So that was, okay. We were looking at J names and nothing stuck. And then we were on the way to the hospital to have Journey. And Jennifer looked at me and she said, oh, what, what about Journey? And I had just been thinking about it. too. So it was like, wow, a lot of synchronicity. It was yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah. Meant to be. Yeah. What a year. That is so wild. And so, you know, a year ago at this time, you guys started rehearsals for Sweeney. Could you have imagined a year later, you'd be have like these scheduled runs of yourself playing the role? Um, no, I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I'm really excited about this time. I'm really excited about how everything turned out. Like, I, I just remember being in rehearsal and, and, you know, so much was going going to doctor's appointments in the morning, going to see apartments at night after rehearsal, days off driving up to Boston. And so there was a lot to juggle. And then during previews, Josh got incredibly sick out of nowhere. And without having any rehearsal, being thrown on uh, as Sweeney three hours before the show. So, yes, like uh, the fact that I could do that the fact that we were successful as a unit, as a cast that was so supported and by the creative team, the fact that we were able to do that when it comes up to now, a year later, almost a year later, and we're doing, you know, two and a half, three weeks of this. Yeah, it's a great challenge, but like we've done this before. Yeah. We get, we just, you know, we put on our armor and the, all of us go into battle together. And it's, uh, it, 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 yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything more. I'm so happy for you. I feel like this is becoming a new, you know, in the in the current climate of Broadway where, you know, stars are cast in shows to sell tickets and also because they're amazing, you know, Josh and Emily being two of them, you know, both Broadway vets at that point. But I love that in these like between moments, I'm thinking, you know, between Beanie and Leah in Funny Girl, we had Julie with her own month long residency as Fanny Bryce, Julie Benko, that is. And now you get yours with with Gina. And I, I think that's so awesome because also you can tell your family to come. You're like, hey, I'm on for these three weeks, you know, not just on a, hey, I'm going on in three hours kind of thing. So that's really exciting. <laughs> no, it's really great. And then we can really settle in, and get comfortable really take ownership over the roles. Was Jennifer able to be at that first that first uh, performance that you were um, thrown into? Well, no, she was in Massachusetts. <sighs> so she's going to be at the first one. But then the next day she came and she surprised me for the matinee. Aww. She and my sister came down. And yeah, that was, that was, because I was on for like a stretch. Of, I think it was like three shows or something that first mm-hmm. time. And so the fact that I, I knew I was going to be on, she came down and she surprised me. Aww. Yeah. And then who went on for you as Pirelli when you were on? Like, who who normally goes on when then you're Sweeney? They're pretty, like, economical about about who it is. We have the great uh, Ray Lee. Yes. Goes on a bunch. And uh, he's just, he. I mean, he's one of my favorite people in the world. And after seeing him go on, I've stolen a lot from his performances. <laughs> he's soon to be joining Heart of Rock and Roll. Yes, I know. I'm so... I'm telling you, I'm so happy for everybody, but I'm so heartbroken at the same time that they're leaving me. All my friends are leaving me. <laughs> um, that's what my rant is going to be about. 
Okay, uh, okay. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there then. <laughs> and then uh but then also Daniel Torres, who is fantastic and is my uh mustache inspiration as Pirelli. But just a fantastic voice and a flair like I've never seen. So it's really it's really uh we just got a great cast. We got a great thing going. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to let any of them go. Yeah. Oh, it's no. probably a mind trip thing too. Cause when I know when you went on for Josh, it was during previews mm-hmm. and you're still of course, figuring out your Pirelli at the same time. And so you're like learning two principles at the same time. It's in mm-hmm. performing them. That's, I mean, you, you, you're no stranger to that though. You've played multiple principles in Hamilton. So you, you know how it is, but you're creating something new with this revival at the same time. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the show was, there was, we were still teching the show during, during the day. And then oh I didn't God. know that any of the entrances. So, so luckily there was a, a PA that followed me around with the script backstage. And I would look at the scene before I went on. And then either my brother or somebody who was backstage would literally, I said, I don't know when any of the entrances are. So push me on so that I don't, I, I just don't have to think about it. All of a sudden I'll be there. So I was being pushed on stage. We had lyric sheets up on the the counter, the barber, uh, mm-hmm. the barber counter. Yeah. So the show, even you, you know, the creative team was still figuring out the show. The ensemble was still figuring out the show, and it oddly lended itself to this rawness and this fish out of water feeling for Sweeney that really fed, I think, the character and is still that feeling is still uh, feeding me now a year later it was a huge learning experience yeah wow that's remarkable do you have a favorite moment in the show oh my favorite moment in the show oh my god i don't know because obviously epiphany is is like you can just really let it rip right you can just whatever you're feeling that day you just let it out and the way it's written is so transcendent. And then you hear the, the bass, like, bump, bump, bump. It's like this weird tango. <laughs> like I, um, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But then there's also this moment in the opening when the whole ensemble comes on stage and we're all breathing together. And that's really beautiful. I don't know. I think it fluctuates from day to day because if I think about it, I'll just tell you every moment of the whole show. Because <laughs> yeah. then there's the backstage life that's, great because it's so dark on stage that once we get off stage it's just everybody's cuckoo everybody's cuckoo for cuckoo. everybody's <laughs> yeah. crazy in this show so we all have a blast backstage you know i saw uh, you doing a lot of puzzles with anna lee uh, yeah. yeah puzzle time puzzle time it's so fun yeah it's great when you go on for sweeney then do you get to go into the sweeney dressing room oh yeah you mean the sweeney midtown apartment that they got <laughs> like, i walked in i was like what the hell this thing is huge. It has a beautiful steam shower that I guess Nathan Lane had there. Oh, um, oh from Adam when he did Adam's family. Yeah. There's it's two rooms. So there's a little lounge area and then the dressing room. The floor to ceiling windows that open out onto a balcony. Wow. <laughs> Gorgeous in there. That's glamour. So ten years ago, what which dressing room did you have? Who's in there now? Oh, um, my brother's in the dressing room that I was in. For Get out. I love these yeah. like little connections. Synchronicity. Yeah. yeah. So it's up on, you know, you got to climb the flights of stairs of six flights way at the top. And, and actually Ray Lee sitting in the spot that I, that I was with my brother's in that room, room 11. And uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's really um, cool. I love 
Like Dylan said, we love when brothers work together. I love this family connection. I'm curious about who got into the arts first. And I suppose that does lead into a question we ask all of our guests about that thing that got you into mm. the theater. We borrow Ring of Keys from Fun Home because maybe it was a moment where you had this sudden recognition in the art you were consuming where you were like, oh my God, mm -hmm. I love this. I need to be a part of this. Do you feel like you had a Ring of Keys moment, Nick? Yeah. Well, I was born in Bermuda and in Bermuda, they, they, it's, a, it's a British colony. So they do pantomimes every year around Christmas time. And my dad actually is a, a performer and singer and like personality in Bermuda. And he would do the pantomimes every year. So from the time that I was like literally I was born in August and was going to the pantomimes when I was, you know, August, September, October, November, four months old, sitting there watching. And, you know, they would film them. And so I would just sit at home watching these tapes all day, especially once we moved to Massachusetts. And I always knew that I, I just always knew that I wanted to be an actor. I remember there was this one show. My dad was like throwing candy into the audience. And it was like, man, and a piece of candy like hit me in the head. And I just, I don't know. I think that was the moment it like knocked into me. This is what I wanted to do. Now with my brother, technically I started first with like a youth theater group, but then that following year, that following, so, so I did a summer program. And then that following year, my brother was in high school and he just took off running. Like he was kind of quiet before, but then he opened his mouth to sing and everybody was like, oh man, okay, well, we found the lead for the next four years, you know, and uh, he's just so fantastic. So Jonathan really was like a duck to water to me. I was very nervous to step on stage and would always forget my one lines uh, that I would have. But then so I really got to watch my brother. So it was kind of like stages. It was like watching my dad. Then I got to watch my brother. And then, you know, then it, then it was just, OK, I'm, I'm going to take it from here. What's the age difference between you and Jonathan? Um, like two and a half years, but he was young okay. for his okay. grade. So okay. what's the age difference between you two? <laughs> one minute. One minute. Damn, that's yeah. fast. They, so you say guys kind of, they say you came out together. Basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at us being twins here. <laughs> I know. We were told we just turned 30 in August, August 30th. When is your birthday? 16th. Okay. okay. So you're a Leo. Ben. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. but they our mom told us on our 30th birthday she goes well we don't really know if it was a minute it could have been five they just wrote that down and i said so my whole life i thought i was a minute older and now i've been living a lie you know it it, it, it stung i have to admit yeah. well definitely <laughs> i'm sure we need to ask you about the other time you worked with annalee on a new york stage mm. the off-broadway rent which i know we spoke a little bit before we're like oh we need to talk to you about this because it happened pretty soon after the Broadway show closed, right? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it. Where did it play again? I forget. Uh, it was at New World Stages. Oh, oh okay. right. Interesting. I think we opened maybe, am I, if my memory serves me, we opened like six months after the Broadway show closed. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe a year. Oh my so God. What, was it in the works before? I don't, I don't know. I remember okay. I was on tour within the Heights and they said that I saw a headline, oh, they're going to be doing an off-Broadway rant. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to the city and, you know, you need a job. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I auditioned and I mean, the, the chance to get to do rent is just, I mean, there's nothing like that show. I agree. Yeah. We were all like really young. I couldn't even drink it. I was still 20 years old. 
And oh then my God. <laughs> so it was age appropriate casting. Yeah, yeah. Because they're young. Yeah. They're supposed to be really young. Exactly. Yeah. 19, but she's old for her age. Mm. She was born to be bad. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, so you were 20 years old. Was this your New York stage debut? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. If, when you look back on that, what do you think about? Oh my gosh. I don't know. It was just like these mythical people like Michael Greif or uh, Jonathan Larson mm. or uh, the Larsons in general the support group these things that were mythologized by listening to the album all of a sudden the people were coming in and they were real and then you start looking at these characters and the stories and the arcs of these characters and it just brings a whole uh, other level of authenticity to it and then you go down to the lower east side and you see where Jean-Michel Basquiat was walking around and Madonna was walking around and, and it just brought a whole other level of groundedness to Oh, this isn't a fairy tale. This is this is real. And it's still going on today and it's still relevant today, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, I, I think it was that that's really what I think about. And uh, Billy Porter was our associate director. Like <laughs> then it was, you know, Anna Lee was in the show and she was the one she was like, oh, she was in Wicked. You know, like she was like the, <laughs> the star. Yeah, and, right. And MJ Rodriguez was in Yes, the before MJ became like MJ. I was 20 years old, but MJ was younger than me. I was like, was I? Yeah, I was 20. Because I had my 21st birthday. <laughs> and MJ in just, oh my gosh. Yeah, love her. And, you know, Marcus Paul James. Yeah, it was pretty great. I had him, had him Chandler Barrett. And we were locked. We were all locked in this basement together to do this show. With like, you know, there was like mold going down on the walls back then. I don't know how it is now. Yeah. Right. There's roaches. Um, oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience that uh, to have a group of young people and have everybody pretty much get along and not have any real craziness. It was pretty successful. Well, that's lovely to hear. Now, the, the idea was that Michael Greif, he restaged it. He kind of wanted to fix things from the OG production and whatnot. What did it feel really different than, cause I'm, I know we've all like memorized the way that Rent usually looks and I've never really seen a non-replica Rent because I feel like every production looks so similar with the scaffolding and the, even the costumes, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I think, I think in the rehearsal room, it felt really different. Once we got up on the stage and was in tech and previews, some things just work, yeah. you know? And so, is it different just to be different or is it different because it works better and things that were different just to be different was like well we know this moment works so let's just keep that and then a moment that's different is like me saying i'll cover you with mj and doing a like i'll pull up while i'm singing this long note wow yeah. <laughs> oh i would actually love to hear you sing i'll cover you reprise that is so i can't believe i've never looked that up now is there anything online uh there might be but you know that was like 12 years ago all right, got, all right. i'll, I'll cut you a break on that brain. one so yeah. so before you were in rent you were in i mean one of my all-time favorite musicals in the heights and you said you were on tour with it when did you get involved yeah. in the heights so i was at school in the city and i got this facebook message from a music director that i had worked with at theater camp Wow. So I was 19 years old and they were like, hey, it's, it's Justin Mendoza. Uh, I don't know if you remember me, but we're, is it cool if I give your name to a casting company? It's like, uh, sure. 
And then it turned out to be Beth at Telsey. And I it's like my first audition, I was 19. I got the part when I was 20. It was crazy. So I had to pull out of school to go do this tour. And I think I was on tour for, you know, the whole thing from rehearsal to end. I was there maybe for nine months. Okay. And my first stop was in Puerto Rico with the guy who wrote the show, who's from Puerto Rico. <laughs> and I was like, all right, no pressure. Here we go. <laughs> wow. That's it's really great. exciting. Benny gets to sing some fun stuff too. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever gotten to revisit in the Heights in the interim since? You know, I did concert with Courtney Reed. Oh, and I think we either sang When You're Home or When the Sun Goes Down. And that might have been, I mean, now it's probably like five years ago, six years ago that we did that. But that was the first time I really revisited the music since then. And it's just, oh, it feels so good. Oh, yeah. You know? And you, of course, then got to experience more of Lynn's magic when you did Hamilton. Did the tour happen first or were you on Broadway first with that? No, I had worked on Hamilton. They, Whenever Alex Lacamoire needed somebody to kind of come in and wanted to hear some of the music out loud, I started working on Hamilton when it was a Hamilton mixtape back in 2013. Wow. And then I worked on it up until the their last reading at the public. And then I went on tour with Motown and, you know, and the, the history kind of unfolded as it did. <laughs> and then they, it was during Tony season. They wanted some extra coverage. So I went in, I covered Washington and I never went on his birth, but I covered Washington and then took over for Washington once Chris left and then left to go to Sinai. It's like, oh, for a year. Then went on tour as Burr, then left, got back surgery, as you do. And then uh, I went back to Broadway for about six months as Washington, moved to L.A., played Burr in L.A. Well, you know, pandemic in the middle, but I don't recognize right. it. I'm taking my two years back. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and then played Burr in L.A. Wow. And that was with Rory O'Malley uh, and... Taylor Mon Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Ugh, love Rory. They both done our show. And yeah, we love Rory so much. Yeah. He's such a hero. We're all from the same area in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Well, Rory and I actually, our Hamilton journey was like so parallel. We started on Broadway together, you know, as the king. And then we we were on tour together. And then we did LA together. So we, we, yeah. Rory, he's always there. Aww. Yes. And then he actually, I think a couple of Christmases ago, he was able to come in and do the Cleveland stop of Hamilton and do like a hometown. Oh. It was very much a hometown hero he is, returns back. He's the theater king of Cleveland. I mean, everyone knows him, you know, yes, I mean, it's, it's really incredible. <laughs> As you were talking about flipping between, you know, Washington, Burr, I feel like Hamilton, at least in my, you know, years of loving theater that's happening in front of my eyes, mm -hmm. That feels like such a Hamilton thing for the performers to switch in and out of different principal roles in it. I can't think off the top of my head of other shows where that's happened so much. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really pretty amazing. You know, yeah. this team, like, once they uh, once they trust you, they trust you. And I, I love that. You know, being able to flip-flop between Pirelli and Sweeney. Like, there you go. Yeah. It's crazy. They, they really, they put their, they've trusted me for 
13 years and it it's been it's been very <laughs> fruitful for me both artistically and then financially whenever i needed a job i'm like hey y'all got a you got an opening all right great <laughs> there you I'll go. The week. <laughs> you know? and then they're also being gracious with you to take a little time off then this uh winter yes 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 to step into jelly's last year which the only thing i've ever heard about it other than that it's the music of his name jelly roll morton Is that yes and that's Tanya Pinkins won a Tony for it. So originally on Broadway, Jelly was uh, performed by Gregory Hines. The legend. And that's what he won his Tony for. It's written by the fantastic George C. Wolfe. This rendition of it is uh, directed by Robert O'Hara. Oh, I love him. His slave play was just... With Jakina Calacango, who I also went to school with, who is in this production playing the same part Tanya Pinkins play. So it's going to be a fantastic experience and a lightning fast experience. Right. Ten days to put up a whole show with tap dancing and singing. And, you know, you got to try to act in between. And, and <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you tapped? Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> yesterday. Well, <laughs> there you go. Before that, I spent a year at Boston Conservatory, my freshman year of college. And then I had tapped then. I then before then I had done 42nd Street at my community theater in Medford, Massachusetts. That was kind of the first time I really tapped. Uh, I was okay. at ensemble 42nd Street with the Mystic Players. Fun. Oh, like Mystic Pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier than the names of like theater troops or like community theaters, yep. things like that. Well, that's really exciting. And I think I think I read your old uh, associate director, Billy uh, Porter, is going to be a part of that, too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to work with Anna Lee and Billy Porter in the same year, it's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited that we're all going to have so many opportunities to see you. I mean, there's three different roles you're going to be playing over the next two months, three months. So there's a lot of opportunity to see you shine <laughs> and show your versatility. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I really mm. do. What do you hope for? to do that you haven't done yet? Mm. I don't know, you know, I got some great advice. It's like, just follow the work, everything else. You know, I was in LA and I was getting really frustrated because it's like, you work in LA, but you don't really work in LA. Like you could be, I was on a TV show with Ruthie and Miles. And yes. it's like, you go in for like one day a week and then like, you just kind of scale it until the next week. And then it's, so I like to keep, busy and out of that frustration somebody gave me the great advice look just follow the work and the rest will take care of itself and that has shown like over the past year so yeah i think yeah. what i'm really interested in is the next character because look sweeney todd is arguably the best written role you know in any canon let alone musical theater so you know you might call it the hamlet of musical theater because everybody wants to attempt this this role. So I was thinking, oh, that's going to be a hard act to follow. And then here comes, you know, Jelly Roll Morton tap dancing into my life where Jelly literally does not leave the stage, has to tap dance, has to sing and scat, has to play the piano. That's definitely the new uh, carrot I'm chasing. After that, it's going to be extremely hard to be passionate about any other role. So I'm like kind of walking into the abyss over here a little bit and uh, a little bit scared, but also excited. Yeah. Very freeing too, to kind of take that stressor of always thinking, planning, blah, 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 that you can mm. just like 
I'm going to follow the work. Follow the work. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. It's been so nice chatting with you. You're such a sweet guy. And I'm so excited yeah. again about this moment you're having and will continue to have. But mm -hmm. uh, as we wrap our conversation, we do want to give our listeners some doses of drama. This is, you know, the theater, pop culture, love, life, things on our mind that we want to send everyone out there into the world and think about. And Dylan and I, of course, talked about the traders at the beginning of this. But yes. um, I suppose I'll talk about another TV show that I've been watching that I'm really enjoying that came out last year, but it's Poker Face with Natasha Leone, also on Peacock. Here's the pitch for this show. Okay, she's 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 just a regular gal who has the ability to figure out if someone is lying. She can just tell by reading people. She gets involved in some hijinks and ends up on the run for a reason you'll find out when you watch the first episode. But it is a streaming show with 10 episodes that's a case of the week where she's murder. She wrote Citizen Detectiving these cases that occur with amazing guest stars popping in every episode. So she happens to find herself, you know, working at a nursing home for one episode. It's it's all very silly and fun. Or she finds herself at this, you know, small town barbecue joint where there's some, you know, a, it's always a murder she's helping solve too. And Natasha mm -hmm. Leone has that little, that little star quality thing that makes you just love her. And she's so funny. And it feels like it's hearkening back to a TV show that we don't really see on streamers anymore where, again, it's it's case of the week. And yeah, there's threads that follow, but you could really mm -hmm. pop it in and out of every episode. And it's been a refreshing, slow viewing experience that I've been having. So I'm trying not to binge things anymore. But yeah, Poker Face. Sounds great. Really love it. Why not binge things? Why not? What, what I'm so frustrated with these time releases. I want to watch it all <laughs> right now. Six hours straight TV. That's what I want. I think that people are, or networks are seeing the value of like week to week. Maybe people will hold on to their subscriptions build longer or they'll talk, they'll build an audience online better as opposed to like something coming out in a vacuum and then mo us moving on. That's my only theory about it. There's a case to be made though for a fun binge. Mm -hmm. And I certainly think like with something like a, like the traders, this, this peacock uh, reality competition or like a drag race or something, which is fun to watch in the between weeks. Cause you're like, who's your favorite? Oh, this is my favorite. Are they going to do this next week? I can't wait to find out what happened. But there are certainly some shows that are like totally bingeable. Yeah. Like a lot of what Netflix puts out to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, recently my wife and I just watched the queen's gambit and I think, uh, Oh, so good. it was from my, my first time, her second time it was fantastic. But how are you supposed to just wait? You're supposed to wait to find out what happens? No, I'm going to watch six hours of TV right now. <laughs> now that show, I watched it during COVID with my mother. I think we did the entire show in a day. Yep. <laughs> it was so the Times were different. Wow. Times were different. I, I think in that, a show like that was designed for binging, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, just the way that they wanted you to keep watching and the, the way that it was very digestible. And God, she, she really, Anya Taylor-Joy is just so... Can't take your eyes off her. Fantastic. And mm -hmm. so like kind of, you know, what was it? She was also in Peaky Blinders, which I yes. love. Um, the best. And she kind of plays this kind of like floozy New York girl, <laughs> you know, flapper girl. And then she's in the Queen's Gambit and she's kind of goofy. And like, I'm like, dude, yo, you got range. Fantastic. She does. Her cat-like eyes. She's always watching everything. Yeah. Um, I will say my dose of drama. Well, that was your dose of drama, Queen's Gambit, right, Nicholas? I don't want to cut you off if you were going to say Oh, I, I can, whatever, I'm just going to rip off of you guys. Well, actually, you had something else to say about Friends leaving. But before you jump into that, I want to say my, because you made me think of Killian Murphy, because you mentioned Peaky Blinders. 
I want him to win the Oscar so bad. I think that he deserves it. He doesn't even want it, but he, I think he just deserves it. What he did with Oppenheimer, he carried that. And it's making me want to go back and see it again. They're re-releasing it at this local art house theater. I live in Columbus, Ohio, and I need to see it again. I want to watch it again. And, and he is a big part of the reason why I think it was so thrilling. But you mentioned earlier, Nicholas, that you had something you wanted to rant about. And I think it'd be a fun way to end the episode about you're tired of people, your friends moving on and leaving. I'm tired of people leaving me. Okay. <laughs> I got uh, abandonment issues and uh, it's not good to have people leave me. No, I think this show, oddly enough, we were talking about synchronicity. This show attracted a bunch of people who, oddly enough, last year went through some sort of transitional moment in their life that was much more dramatic or higher stakes than any other time in their life. And we were all able, because the way that the creative team and Stephen Hoggett set this up, whether we're, you know, we're breathing together or, or they just set up an environment in which we could really be vulnerable and bring our full selves to. So whether or not somebody's frustrated with not being able to get the choreography right away or or somebody's going through something in their family or their home life or you know me about to have my second child and and you know looking for an apartment we were all able to truly lean on each other in in a way that I've never really experienced it with a cast especially a cast of this size especially a cast of this talent it's crazy and the fact that Josh Groban and Anna Lee Ashford, since we use the first and last names, they came in with absolutely no egos and sort of an open door uh, policy for their dressing rooms and were in all the exercises with us. There was no room for anybody else's ego either. Mm. So we were all able to really mesh and really become like a theater family, which I hate that phrase because we're not family. <laughs> we get paid to be here. Truly, we shared this experience together. And, you know, I'm actually really excited to bring Sutton and Aaron in on this because, I mean, I don't know them personally, but they seem very open and, and like beautiful people. So I think they'll fit right in. But even if they weren't, they're not going to have a choice because <laughs> we're so... You know, we're just like, come on, bring it in, mm -hmm. bring it in, whatever you go through, come on, bring it, and uh, we'll deal with this together. Wow, I love, from what I've heard about both of them and our limited experiences with Aaron, they, I think they're going to fit right in. Yeah, we had a good, we had a pretty great rehearsal, and uh, yeah, they're good to some good folks. And it's Sutton Foster, like I'm sitting there being like, no canary in a cage for me, you know, like, I can't believe it's really her. How different do you feel Sutton and Aaron are from Josh and Annalie? Can you tease anything? Um, I mean, it's complete, completely different. It's just a completely different uh, show and worth coming to see again. I think there's a certain structure that Annalie and Josh put into place. But how you get from point A to point B is just completely different and, and fascinating. And, you know, we were there early in their rehearsal process after Sutton, you know, does uh, right. Once Upon a Mattress, they got to come back and rehearse some more and like just keep digging and keep digging and keep digging. I'm really interested to see what they find. And I'm really interested oh. to play with uh, both of them. Oh, amazing. You know, you mentioned it's a reason to go back. Well, there's certainly more reason to go back now as well with you as Sweeney Todd. And anytime someone goes to see the show, except for a couple of weeks in February and early March when you're 
in a different show, mm -hmm. but people are gonna have to check you out. Like I said, there's lots of opportunities and I'm really excited to be able to hopefully check it out myself and see uh -huh. you shine in these different roles. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. It'd be, it'd be really great to see you both uh, at the theater if you can. I know Columbus is probably an ice cube right now. <laughs> I'm in Hell's Kitchen. I'm coming over to take a nap between shows. <laughs> That's you're so welcome The number of people who have said that to Connor. That's so <laughs> I work in an office, so you're more than welcome to... Uh... I'll rent it out to you at a discounted friends and family rate. But okay. anyway, Nick, it was so <laughs> nice to meet you. Congrats on everything. Can't wait to meet you in real life. And everyone's got to go see you in Sweeney at New York City Center Encores and follow you on Twitter at Nick underscore Chris underscore and Instagram, Nick Riz. There yes. you go. You got that Riz. Yes. Nick Riz. I guess but I had the Riz before Riz was a Riz, you know? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, Nick Riz was my, was my rap name in middle school. Oh, because my nickname was Nick Chris and then it became Nick Chris. Yeah, that was obviously very successful. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it led you to being part of the Hamilton mixtape. So there was definitely some roots of uh, That's the rap true. in you, you know. <laughs> That's very true. Well, while everyone's following Nick, they need to follow us. We're at the Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I'm at Dylan McDowell. Thank you for a lovely, lovely conversation, Nick. This was awesome. I appreciate it. And I just want to shout out real quick the um, the other people uh, sharing the parts. Uh, yes. Paul Jordan is is absolutely fantastic. And and he is absolutely worth seeing during this time as well. Uh, Delaney Westfall has such a, a quirky beautiful, nuanced rendition of Mrs. Lovett and Gina is just like, she's such a powerhouse in everything that she does. And it's, it's really fun. So no matter what show you see, you're going to get a great show and a different combination of people. It's like the Avengers. Yes. So, uh, Most ambitious crossover in Broadway history right there. <laughs> Thank you again, Nick and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.